The Trevor J. Brown Show. The Trevor J. Brown Show is meant for an adult audience. An adult audience. The Trevor J. Brown Show may contain explicit language and topics. Explicit language and topics. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show. Be a part of the show and email us at inherentdream at yahoo.com. And now, your host, you guessed it, Trevor J. Brown. It's the show, it's my show, damn right, it's the Trevor J. Brown Show. Happy New Year to you, we are back, it is our winter premiere for season number one. Thanks for tuning in, join in the conversation, we're at facebook.com backslash the Trevor J. Brown Show, also available at facebook.com backslash Inherent Dream, you can email us anytime inherentdream at yahoo.com and our website inherentdream.com our friday evening shows once a week we ramble for an hour we're in we're out it's as simple as that our show is generally up fridays by 10 p.m but you can listen to us anytime if fridays at 10 don't work for you you can listen to us saturday mornings while you're making your scrambled eggs and bacon You can listen to us at work on Mondays or Tuesdays or Wednesdays or whenever. The podcast is available on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We appreciate you tuning in. We also do some bonus content, and that is available on Saturdays. And that is exclusively on the Spotify app because we play some tunes. And for the next couple of Saturdays, I'll be playing some of my favorite songs of last year and coming up tonight in the program we have a great show for you tonight by the way we have tim lingan joining us to talk about john madden and his legacy mark stone will be joining us to have weekly nfl picks it's the final week in the nfl regular season boy the season just flew by we'll get uh, the stone cold lock of the week the carved in stone pick of the week from Mr. TNT himself. Free for all Friday, we like to call it now. He used to be on Thursdays when we had the show more than once a week. We called that segment TNT Thursday, but he still brings the heat. He still brings the firepower. But a little bit later on tonight, I'll be unveiling my favorite songs of 2021 and also my favorite albums as well. That is coming up. And tomorrow on the bonus content, again, we're going to be playing some some of my favorite tunes from last year. We'll be doing that the next two Saturdays here on the podcast. And if you're looking for that bonus content on Saturday, you have to have the Spotify app. People say, people ask me, what's the best way to listen to your show? Well, there's a lot of different ways you can listen, but I personally recommend Spotify because not only will you get the normal podcast, but you'll also get our bonus content Saturday. You can listen to us in the other places, but if you do listen to us on like Apple or Google or on uh, on Anchor, you will not get that that bonus Saturday stuff. So I hope you had a fantastic Christmas. I hope you had a great Hanukkah. I hope you had a great New Year's. We're so excited to be with you for uh, for our winter premiere here of season number one. We kind of break the season into to three different parts. We, we were obviously with you during the fall, and now it's our winter season from uh, from now through like March. And then we'll do a, a, a spring portion, if you will. And then, because we take the summers off. I mean, that's just basically what we're doing at this point is 
Last summer, it was so nice because I, with the old podcast, Another Round, we did a lot of shows. It was a lot of shows, and it was a lot of hard work. And I'm not patting myself on the back, but the thing that was challenging was it's tough to do a podcast three, four nights a week and still have a day job and you have a home life and you have a family and you have all this other stuff going on, working on music and working on other projects. And it just got to be a lot. And the other thing, and, and this is just my, my personal viewpoint of, of podcasts because now every idiot has a podcast. And yes, I'm in that group. I'm, I'm one of the idiots that has a podcast. I'm one of the idiots that think I'm, think I'm so important that I want you to hear my opinion, blah, blah, blah. But if anything, I'm always going to keep my podcast because I realize that, and this is more true now than ever before, because yesterday, a year ago yesterday, was the day that glue sniffers and very idiotic people stormed the Capitol for the insurrection. And looking back on some of the stuff and arguing with people online, and you're just, you're not going to ever change these people's opinions about things. Uh, you're not going to change their opinion about right or wrong. They can't have two thoughts in their head at the same time. So my whole thought on that is I'm not going to argue with people on social media anymore. And I've really stayed away from that, especially in the last year. I don't engage people. I don't care because at the end of the day, I'm right and you're wrong. And with the podcast, it's a one-way street. I can tell you why I'm right. I try to bring some facts. I try to bring some evidence. And at the end of the day, I, I, I get tired of, of that. that when, when people are like, well, we have to respect each other's viewpoints. There's certain things in the world that, that I don't need to respect other people's viewpoints. I don't need to respect somebody that is a racist. I don't, I don't, I don't accept your viewpoint of that. There is not another viewpoint. You're either a racist or you're not. The people that stormed the Capitol were insurrectionists. They weren't, they weren't actors. They weren't hired by the FBI. They weren't BLM. They weren't Antifa. It wasn't staged. These, these Jordan Klepper and, and, and Trevor Noah on the daily show. Klepper does this, this segment where he'll go around to these, these, Trump rallies and he'll talk to these clowns and they'll they'll basically come out and say, no, they were actors. It was staged, blah, 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 blah. They can never take any personal responsibility at all. But funny, there's been a ton that have been charged with crimes dating back a year ago yesterday to everything that took place in Washington. It was an insurrection. I, I, remember arguing with somebody online last year and wasting my own time doing so. And this person couldn't comprehend that it was a, that it was a bad look for America. And I don't care if you're a Republican or you're a Democrat or you're independent or, or green party or whatever you want to be. If you think that the look on January 6th was good, you have major, major problems, major, major problems. So that's all I have to say about that. Again, we have a great show coming up for you this evening. We got the Moron Spotlight coming up. We got Tim Lingen. We got Mark Stone. So much more. Keep it right there. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show from Inherent Dream Production Company. 
Also coming up tonight here on the program, I will be unveiling my favorite albums and songs of the year to you, and that's all coming up here in a little while. Uh, some news to report from one of the queen idiots. We, we mentioned people that eat uh, glue and probably paint chips as a child. Well, whenever I think of that, I think of Marjorie Taylor Greene. Well, Twitter has permanently suspended Georgia GOP representative Marjorie Taylor Greene's Twitter account on Sunday. A Twitter spokesperson said the company permanently suspended the account for repeated violations of our COVID-19 misinformation policy. Oh, so you can't just say whatever you want online without consequences anymore? What about my freedoms? What about my liberty? Is that what you think freedom and liberty? Is that what you think the heroes of of World War One and World War Two fought for? Was so you could go on Twitter and just say whatever you wanted and think there were no consequences? Just make stuff up? Green most frequently tweeted from the handle at MT Green. She still has access to and can tweet from her official congressional account. Twitter has previously temporarily restricted Green's account for sharing misinformation about the presidential election and COVID-19. That's the other thing, too, that I, I laugh about. We are now over a year since the presidential election, and these clowns that think that the election was stolen, give me some sort of evidence. Just because you say, whenever you watch these things, whenever you watch these morons on TV talking about how it was stolen, they always say this particular line, I feel, I feel, I don't give a shit about how you feel. I don't give a shit about your emotion. Bring me some concrete evidence. Oh, by the way, in Georgia, remember when they said all of these dead people voted? They didn't. They uncovered like four fraudulent votes. So was the election that close? Didn't, uh, didn't Biden end up winning by like 10, 15,000 votes or something? Or was it more than that? I, I am almost certain it wasn't four votes. Just because you constantly say something doesn't mean it's true. Representative Green released a statement after the ban, part of which said, social media platforms can't stop the truth from being spread far and wide. Yeah. I, Marjorie Taylor Green and Lauren Brobert are two of the biggest capital C's that live in America. This is the demise of America, and those two women are at the the front of it. Big tech, can, big tech can't stop the truth. Communist Democrats can't stop the truth. I stand with the truth and the people. We will overcome. Oh my goodness. It's, uh, at this point, it's not even, I don't even know if it's, if scary is the right word. Well, it is because, because our democracy is just being flushed down the toilet, whatever way you want to look at it. And these people are at the forefront and people believe these lies. If you want to go spread lies, go develop your own social media website and put your crap on there. Well, it's unconstitutional. Where in the Constitution does it say that uh, I shall be on Twitter and be able to spew whatever lies and bullshit I want? It doesn't. 
It doesn't say that at all. Where does it say that about Facebook or Instagram or any of that stuff? These people, I honestly want to ask, do they believe any of this stuff? The frauds. Marjorie Taylor Greene, we continue with her. Marjorie Taylor Greene, here's the headline, who has boasted about being unvaccinated. This will blow your mind. Own stock in three major vaccine makers. Now, why would she do that? Green holds stock in AstraZeneca, Pfizer, and Johnson & Johnson stock each worth between $1,000 and $15,000. Green has boasted about being unvaccinated and slammed vaccine Nazis last month. Let me tell you something. I am reading a, a book. I love uh, reading uh, about World War II and World War II history. At times it can be very hard to read. It can be very depressing at times to read. But there's a lot of information to to talk about. I'm reading a book right now, and I'm probably going to mess up his, his last name, but uh, the author is Nicholas Watchman. And the book is called KL, A History of the Nazi Concentration Camps. And... I don't mean any copyright infringement or, or anything like that. I just I want to I want to share just a brief a brief snippet from the book because I feel like especially in the last four five six years we have heard the term Nazis a lot. We've heard the term Nazis when it comes to vaccines and wearing a face covering and how it's l- limiting your freedoms and your liberty and and all of that stuff. Let's talk about that, comparing it to uh, to Nazis and concentration camps and all of that stuff. Like, here's a passage from the book. There was a concentration camp, uh, and I'm probably going to mispronounce the name of this. Uh, it's M-A-J-D-A-N-E-K, Majdanek. So it says, Majdanek stood at the center of the slaughter Un- under... The codename action Harvest Festival. Some 18,000 Jews were murdered here on November 3rd, 1943. That morning, the 8,000 Jewish prisoners in the camp had been isolated. Those who tried to hide were pulled out by the SS men and guard dogs. Driven on by the camp SS, the prisoners were marched along the main camp street, joined by some 10,000 prisoners from nearby Lublin, Lublin labor camps. They stopped behind the building site of a new crematorium, which was under construction since September, at the far corner of the camp. Here, men, women, and children were forced to undress and lie in ditches. Then they were shot in the back of the head or mown down by machine guns. Any wounded survivors were buried alive under the bodies of those shot after them. Most of the killers were SD and policemen who had been especially dispatched to the camp. In an effort to camouflage the salvos, the Camp SS piped light music, Vienna waltzes, tangos, and marches across the ground using specially erected loudspeakers. Finally, in the evening, the shots and the music fell silent after the last prisoner had been executed. Several volunteers from the Camp SS who had participated in the shootings returned to their quarters and held a wild party, drinking much of the vodka they had received as a special reward. Some did not even bother to wash off the blood from their boots, 
before they reached for the bottle. What they celebrated was the largest single massacre ever in an SS concentration camp. More people were murdered in Majdanek on November 3, 1943 than any other day in any other KL, including Auschwitz. The massacre also marked the end of Majdanek as a Holocaust camp. Mass gassings had already stopped in September of 43, and now all the remaining Jewish slave laborers were dead. At the end of November, there was not a single Jewish prisoner left inside the main camp. Read a book. That's what I encourage Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Brobert and all of these morons. Read a book if you can actually string the words together and comprehend what is saying. There are no vaccine Nazis. There are no face-covering Nazis in this country because if there were, you wouldn't have the choice to get the vaccine. You wouldn't have the choice to wear the face mask in most uh, in most cities. You don't want to do it? You'd be shot. You'd be killed. It's as simple as that. And to even make the comparison is utterly moronic. It shows such disrespect to all of those that were murdered at the hands of Nazi Germany. It, it, it just, I, I, I don't even, I, I can't even talk about these people. I can't even talk to these people. I can't talk to them. I can't talk about them because there is no common sense. There's none. And it's a damn shame. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show from Inherent Dream Production Company. The Trevor J. Brown Show is brought to you by In Good Hands Massage. Be sure to treat yourself to a massage and visit In Good Hands Massage in Malacca. In Good Hands specializes in all types of massage, including deep tissue, relaxation, hot stone, sports massage, and more. Book your appointment today or get your gift cards at facebook.com slash massage by Lindsay. It's a free-for-all Friday, Mr. TNT himself. Mark Stone is on the line. Stone, Happy New Year to you. How are you, my friend? Happy New Year, Trev. It's great to be back. Free-for-all Friday. And Mark Stone, folks, you saw the post on Facebook. Coming off my hottest week of the year, flaming Hot. Now's the time to, uh, to be hot as we have our final week of the regular season. It's crazy to think we have one more week here the season i mentioned earlier stone the season just went by so fast we're going to get into picks here in a second but first we have we have tim lingan coming up a little bit later tonight to talk a little bit more in depth about the legacy of john madden but give me give me just some some thoughts in your opinion about john madden and, and his legacy as a whole in the nfl there is nobody there is not one single person who had a bigger impact on American football than John Madden. The way we view football today, the way television produces football today, nobody, not a single person, had a bigger impact than what Madden wanted the way to show it. And the true thing is, Madden is a total football guy. He's mm-hmm. a coach first. He's a guy who could break it down into the simplest terms. And even though he didn't win multiple championships, he only won one, and he walked away from the game after 10 years and never came back, still, the beauty of Madden, when you review it, it's in, it's in 
embedded on us all and even on my kids and on everybody else's kids in the future the game is going to be there whether you're talking the video game or whether you're talking the way they produce it on television that exposure is going to be there for you nobody had a better, bigger impact i loved the documentary that that fox aired and what was so surprising was it aired on christmas day and then the three days later i i read that evening that that madden passed away and obviously he you know he lived a good life i mean he he was in his 80s when he when he passed away but one of the things that i loved about the documentary on fox was when when fox got the nfc rights ales ales basically was like all right well we we're going to go after these guys and when madden met with the leadership at fox madden said it has to be as good as how we did it before and the leadership at Fox came out and said, we're going to do it better. And when you think of when Fox first got the NFL, they they really changed a lot of things of how we view, uh, we view football now. We take a lot of these things for granted. But I uh, I just think back of, of the the dream team, if you will, of Summerall and Madden calling games. And you just sort of knew that if those guys were in your town on a Sunday – that was the game of the week right there. Those two meant everything. Yeah, it wasn't Troy and Buck, you know, getting into town <laughs> to do it. It was John and Pat yeah. doing the deal. And that's the other thing. You talk about transforming a network. Transforming, and he transformed, transformed numerous programs. Yeah. He transformed Fox into a legitimate network. He transformed Sunday Night Football. When Sunday Night Football used to air on ESPN when I was a kid, it was a joke. You had Joe Theismann, and I forget who else was with him. Freaking, uh, I, I can't even remember the guys that were with them. But it was it was kind of a joke. It was just kind of a you know, a post-dessert thing, and it was a crappy dessert on ESPN. It moves over to NBC. They get freaking John and Al Michaels, yeah. and even John moving to Monday Night Football on ABC before that. You know, the guy arguably, he saved football for three networks and built it into what it was. I think you hit it on the head, though, and it's not an exaggeration. I think John Madden is – probably the most or a easily top five person all time when it comes to the legacy of football. And to me, Stone, we'll get to picks here in a second. To me, Stone, what sets him apart from, from many others is, oh, you look at the accomplishments. Okay, like Bill Belichick has, has all these rings. He has all these accomplishments. And you know what? Deep down, probably Bill Belichick is a good guy. But he doesn't come across as approachable at all. John Madden, when they showed some of that stuff when he was on his cruiser and they're going from town to town to town and normal people that could be your neighbors are going up to him in some restaurant, getting a picture, talking football, talking whatever. I mean, he always made time for people and that's a lot of people would get so pissed off about that, but he almost, he embraced it. And that's something that's so special because a lot of people, sure, they might have better credentials in terms of wins and players that played, you know, passing percentage or sacks or whatever. But in terms of being accommodating to others, boy, John Madden seemed like a hell of a nice guy. No, and, and you hit it right on the head with that. And I can't, I haven't watched a documentary yet, so I can't really comment on it, but I think this is in the documentary. I think Rupert Murdoch, 
who of course is the CEO of yes, Fox, yep. you know, he made a statement. He goes, if I wanted to describe to anyone what an American is, he goes, I bring in John Madden. And I think that's, there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. I messed up earlier. I, I said, Roger Ailes. I, I meant, uh, Rupert Murdoch, because he was the head of Fox in the 90s, or he still is, right? Or he was. Yeah, he's still he's still the CEO. He's not does not have his hand in the day to day anymore, but yeah. he is still the guy. So it was it was Murdoch that that said the the whole thing about we're going to do it better than what you did before, and uh, I, I think that uh, that stands true. I mean, and, and uh, it's uh, it's something. Here's a fun fact that uh, that I don't think most people know. I don't think he would. I don't, it's not like he spent a big chunk of his life here, but I think we should claim him as one of ours. Cause technically he was born here. Stone. He was born in Austin, Minnesota. Did you know that? Who Madden? Yeah. No, I did not know that. Yep. He was born in, in Austin, April 10th, 1936 and uh, died of course on the 28th of December, age 85 years old, but uh super bowl champion. He was uh, the AFL coach of the year in 1969 he holds the highest regular season uh, winning percentage with a minimum of a, minimum of 100 games coached. coached. He was yes. 103, 32, and 7, winning percentage of 750, 9 and 7 in the postseason, and a career winning percentage of 731. His career was 112, 39, and, uh, and 7. So an incredible legacy. And, and I don't think you'll, I don't think we'll honestly ever see a guy like this again that was. I mean, he played football, but he coached football and then he broadcasted football and then the whole entertainment piece of it with the, you know, the Madden video game. Everyone knows Madden. It's a worldwide phenomenon. Yeah. And I've read numerous things and this was before John died. I read numerous things about the early production days of football. Now I remember back in the old days with the Nintendo and 10 yard fight and how they had tried to bring the football game on there. And again, it was missing a lot. And that's when they first started the first iterations of Madden, like the first and second year, they were trying different things. And Madden was so particular in how the gameplay had to yeah. be, what we were trying to bring to the people. And it was maddening for the programmers because again, they bring it to Madden. Madden would shoot holes in it and says, "No, no, no! You got to do this." And they were trying to push for release, and he refused. And you, you just look at that game. I mean, a lot of even even my kids have learned a lot of the game from the Madden football game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, let's get into uh, to week eighteen. We uh, raise a frosty mug tonight and make these picks in honor of Coach Madden. We'll start with Saturday's games: Chiefs at the Broncos. Uh, Broncos done for the year pretty much. I'm going to take the Chiefs on the road. Chiefs in a must win to keep their hopes alive for the top seed in the AFC. So you're going to see them roll everybody out and try to steamroll the Broncos on the road. So I'm in agreement with that. Give me the Chiefs. Is this the last game for, uh, for the Broncos head coach? I don't know. Um, I think it all depends upon who's out there and who's available. I think if Jim Harbaugh is truly focused on coming back to the NFL, I can see Denver being a nice landing spot for him. And plus getting a quarterback in there can really do something. You could see Harbaugh really make some, 
in waves really quick with this Denver team and be a championship contender if he lands there. I love Week 18 in the NFL because it's all divisional games, and this one has a lot of weight to it. Cowboys at the Eagles. Eagles win. They're in. I like Philly at home. Well, Philly's already clinched. Okay, they've clinched. Okay. They've clinched, so it doesn't really matter. You've got, I believe, Miles Sanders out of this game, possibly Jalen Hurts, too, that they may be resting. Dallas says they're going to play everybody as they're trying to increase their seed, so I am going with the Cowboys on this one. Okay, my mistake on that. Yeah, so Cowboys, Eagles still should be a good one. That's the other thing, too, that I like about Week 18 now. I mean, it's always been divisional games for a long time here in the final week. But for the most part, now that there's only one team that can get that first round by, a lot of these teams are going to be still fighting for a different position. Nobody really, for the most part, has anything sewn up at this point besides you know, Green Bay and the NFC. There's a lot of things that can still move around. Two teams that have nothing to play for, Washington and the New York Giants. Uh, what do you like here? I'm going to take the Giants at home just because why the hell not? Oh, folks. This season, the stone cold lock of the week is 14 and 3 up to this point. Ooh. And now it's moving to 15 and 3 because the Washington football team, which will be renamed on Groundhog's Day, by the way. <laughs> so this is going to be the last time we talk about them on this program. I think they are the lock of the week this week against the Giants. The Giants have given up on Joe Judge pack it in i think they're dealing with not even mike glennon at quarterback i think it's shake from again oh no washington washington's trying to play for again something to pound into next season ron rivera's still a solid coach so i'm going with washington on this in the stone cold lock of the week it's red hot lock it in you know what actually because it's my show i can do this i'm flipping my pick i'm going with you you sold me stone (laughs) Well, when you, when you mentioned Jake Fromm, I sort of barfed up my dinner in my mouth a little bit. Not that not that that's a hell of a lot worse than Mike Glennon. How do these two frauds keep getting jobs in the National Football League? They must be really good at holding clipboards or something. Uh, Cincinnati and Cleveland. Uh, you know what, man? I watched Cincinnati last week in that game against Kansas City. I'll tell you what, Joe Burrow, man. <laughs> People make comparisons. I've heard a couple comparisons to him with Aaron Rodgers. Now, look, it's way early. I get that. I don't want to compare him to anybody. But in terms of the way that of someone he reminds me of and the way he composes himself and how he can kind of make fun of himself, he doesn't remind me of Aaron Rodgers. He reminds me a little bit of Tom Brady. I'm not saying he is Tom Brady. I am not saying he's going to win multiple championships. But dude is legit. I pray he can stay healthy because he is fun to watch. Give me Cincinnati to beat the crap out of Cleveland. Disagreement here, and here's why, Mr. Brown. We've got breaking news here. Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon are not going to be playing this game. What is this? So... So, because they aren't, and you got Case Keenum over on the other side, uh, you've got to go with Cleveland on this one. Cleveland's going to try to get back up to 8-9, make it look respectable again this season. Total disappointment for those in Brownsville as they did not make the playoffs. Now, mind you all folks out there, 
Stone called it at the beginning of the season. He left the Cleveland Browns outside of the playoffs. And again, here it is. They are out. They are done. It'd be nice to see Cincy possibly play for the number one seed, but they want Joe's hand to fully heal up for the playoffs. Mixon, I think, is on the COVID list. He's not going to play. So, again, you miss those two guys. I got to go with Cleveland on this one at home. You mentioned I'm, – I'm going to stick with Cincinnati. I think Case Keenum goes out and wins one for the Gipper. But, uh, you know, you mentioned playoffs coming up. How crazy is it now that the playoffs are here, COVID's still a thing – what if a scenario happens where a guy tests positive for COVID and then all of a sudden it's like, well, the Packers are without Aaron Rodgers or, you know, the Chiefs are without Mahomes. Now, we don't want that to happen, but it's like there's really no wiggle room in the playoffs. It's not a three-game series. It's not a seven-game series. It's one one game. That's what it is. And during the regular season, it's one thing when it's like, okay, well, you can miss this game or this. we don't necessarily need to win this game or – we don't need to play our guys, but in the playoffs, if you're missing a key guy like that, it's over, man. You're screwed. Well, it'll be interesting to see because the NFL seems to kind of move games when they feel it's necessary for certain superstars. It'll be interesting to see if they do the same thing now. They've changed the COVID protocol, of course, to where now you can you can test positive and be back within five days yeah you know as long as you're not showing any symptoms so it'll be interesting to see if they try to move a game to a monday or tuesday in order to make this happen of course unfortunately the winner of that game would then be on a short week so i'm curious to see if the nfl is going to dance around this or actually hold to their guns and say well it's unfortunate we're still going to play on sundays so the steelers ravens game uh are the, the ravens are technically done right no, they're technically not. Okay. They need a lot to happen, but yes, it came out after everything that happened on Monday night because they originally had the Ravens eliminated and then Monday night happened and no, the Ravens are back in it. So the Ravens have a shot, but they are out of the 10 teams in the AFC with a shot. Those that have clinched too. So, you know, they're playing for two spots. The other, the other, uh, five teams are playing for two spots baltimore is at the very bottom so pretty much they need everybody to lose in front of them and they need a win in order to get in i you know what i baltimore has been probably one of the worst teams in the league in the last half of the season i just don't see it happening give me pittsburgh on the road i'm in agreement it's a mike tomlin rah-rah spot on the road here they're trying to punch their ticket to the playoffs here they have to win to make it happen to have a chance it's ben roethlisberger's last game a lot of things adding up here and i just do not trust tyler huntley to get it done they had the the rams last week by the throat and they couldn't yeah. finish the deal so yes give me pittsburgh packers have nothing to play for so is rogers sitting sunday it sounds like they will play some of the starters but not for the whole game. Uh, see, this is one of those games where the Packers, if they're healthy, they kick the crap out of Detroit. Uh, I, I'm actually going to take Detroit at home here. Disagreement here. I'm still going with the Packers. I think they're, I think even though they've got everything locked up, I think there's a bit of pride here. They're playing indoors. I think they're going to find a way to get a lead. And again, too, don't know if Jared Goff's going to be able to go on the other side. Mm. You don't got Jared Goff. 
I don't care who they're facing for the Packers backups. I think Jordan loves better than Tim Boyle. So <laughs> I'm going with green Bay on this one. Colts and Jaguars. I'll keep it simple. Give me Indy. Indy in a must win in order to lock things up. They lose this game here. They're in a lot of trouble. Yes, I'm in agreement here with the Colts. Uh, In the who gives a rat's ass game of the week, Chicago Bears, Minnesota Vikings. I'm calling it now, Stone. I'm calling a tie. Really? You're calling a tie on this one? No, I'm not calling a tie. I'm going to take the Vikings because Mike Zimmer, in the history of him coaching the Vikings, 3-0 in meaningless season finale games when they're not making the playoffs. So, of course... The Vikings will come to play on Sunday, and uh, they'll beat the lowly Bears. I'm in agreement here. I love that stat you pulled out there. That's what I figured. They're playing for Zim's job. They want to freaking throttle the Bears. It's already been pretty much put out there. Matt Nagy is going to be officially done after this game. I think the Bears pack it in even before kickoff. Vikings at home as well. Everything adds up for the Vikings to win this one and finish 8-9 and hope that Zim's back for another year. Mark Stone joining us for Free for All Friday. Titans. Free for All Friday! <laughs> Titans and uh, Texans on Sunday. What's scary about the Titans is Derrick Henry possibly coming back for the playoffs. I know he's been working this week. I mean, my goodness, that how is this team still this high after losing their best player? Like, how do they have such a good record without Derrick Henry? I don't know. It's one of those weird things in the NFL. Give me Tennessee on the road. Yep. We already picked the Chiefs on Saturday to win, which means the pressure's now on the Titans to uh, kind of answer that to keep the number one seed. I think they raw Henry. I think Henry's going to be focused to try to get over 1,000 yards, which means he's got to put up 70-some yards, I think, to do it. So you got all that going on. Houston's not that good. So, yes, let's go with Tennessee on this one. Got a few minutes left. Saints and Falcons Sunday in Atlanta. I will take New Orleans on the road. Ah, let's talk a little bit about this. So we, of course, talked about the carved in stone bet of the week. I started the season off one and five, folks. We're now at seven and seven. The carved in stone bet of the week is red hot. Now, I'm not saying this is the carved in stone bet of the week, but I do like Atlanta at plus four and a half. My bets on the year, I'm I'm too short of being over 500. So on the three bets I take of the week, I'm thinking I may take Atlanta on this one. It's going to be close. But I do have the Saints winning, and the Saints need to win to stay alive for the playoffs. You said the the spread as of right now is four and a half. I think it's four and a half. Correct. Oh, I love that, dude. That's that's easy money in my opinion. This is not going to be a blowout either way. It's going to be a tight game. No. So I I like you on that. Seahawks and Cardinals probably the last game for Pete Carroll in Seattle. I'm going to take Arizona at home agreement arizona is going to want to put the pressure on the rams to win it because again zona wins rams lose guess what zona wins the division title so they want to put the pressure on here i think pete carroll i'm in agreement with you is done um arizona had a nice showing last week against dallas as they want that ass so yes i am picking arizona as well for this one jets and bills give me buffalo yeah, Buffalo's looking to win the division. They got to win to do it. So 
again, you got the Jets at home. You got to take care of business to do it. They've got the firepower to do it. Jets, it's respectable four wins, but you're not getting a fifth. Give me Buffalo. What do you make of uh, all of the Antonio Brown bullshit last week? Here's what I know about Antonio Brown. Okay, Antonio Brown has frozen his feet, has uh, used a fake helmet, has uh, been given numerous allegations of, uh, you know, battering women and possible sexual assault, uh, has short uh shorted his own personal chef which also brought out the fact that he fabricated a vaccination card yeah um again folks if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck it's usually a duck and antonio brown has led us astray so many times got cut in new england as well for other conduct the guy is a piece of crap. Yeah. And now you're going to tell me that Bruce Arians, one of the most respected coaches in the NFL, is forcing you to play injured? Highly doubt it. And the fact that you pack it in in the middle of a game that your team is down, and thank God you got Tom Brady, because Tom Brady is the GOAT, and Tom Brady makes it happen to come from behind and win. Who are you going to believe? You gonna believe Antonio Brown who says I was injured, I was not cleared. They're forcing me to play because he's just trying to get a money grab. Or are you gonna believe Bruce Arians, one of the most respected and decorated coaches in the history of the NFL? I rest my case. We love the game. We love NFL. We love college. We love high school. We love Pee Wees. We love kids who play the game. It's, it's great to see the growth and development when kids start from a young age and, and work their way up. I have covered lots of football. I have covered lots of high school games. I've been to college games. I've watched a lot of NFL. I have never in my 35 years covering high school sports stone seen a player ever act that way, ever. The way Antonio Brown acted on Sunday. And this is a man who gets paid millions of dollars to play a game. And this guy has some serious mental health issues. And I hope that he gets help. But I also hope that the NFL stops enabling him and stops giving chance after chance after chance. There has to be consequences for actions. I'm running real low on time. I got a minute left. We got four games left to pick. I mentioned Antonio Brown because we're going to pick the Bucks game now. Matt Rule, he could be done in Carolina because they started off so well, then they just collapsed. Uh, that's a topic for maybe next week, but I'm taking Tampa at home. Huh. Guess what? Tampa Bay is not going to play a lot of their starters, I heard from a little birdie. So, if you can't get what I'm going to tell you for the cards in stone, better the week and get the line that I want you to get. You're going to take this line. You're going to take Carolina plus eight, baby. If it's even more than plus eight, you take it. Because Tampa Bay has not announced it yet, but I got a word on the wire from the wise guys that Tampa's not going to play their starters for this game, which means Carolina is going to try to make a statement with Matt Rule and win this game. I'm taking Carolina, and if the Tampa Bay get word the Tampa Bay starters aren't going, take it even with the money line. The wise guys, eh? Uh, the wise guys. <laughs> 
<laughs> New England and Miami Sunday, 325. Uh, New England never plays that well in Miami, and that scares me. I'm going to take Miami at home. Oh, you just walked into the carved in stone bet of the week. Stone couldn't lay money on this game fast enough at the beginning of the week. I got Miami plus seven. Oh, wow. Which we know is a solid bet. That's why I said, folks, if you can get a touchdown or better on this, you take Miami all the way to the bank. I'm even Trevor, who's a Patriots fan, yeah. has kind of already freaking teach you guys up. New England never plays well down no. in Miami at the end of the season. Even when they've had powerhouse teams, they've blown this game. Mm-hmm. Miami's got nothing left to play for. You know Brian Flores knows Belichick like the back of his hand. This is their Super Bowl. They're going to show up to play. you got a rookie quarterback on the other side, and Mac Jones going up against his defense. It's ripe for the picking. I'm in agreement with you. I am taking Miami. You can take the money line. You can take the spread. But this is the carved in stone bet of the week. 49ers and Rams. Everything in my body tells me no, but I'm saying 49ers, man. Disagreement here. I'm not trusting my 49ers. And, folks, you know if I'm going this way, it's got to be killing me because we picked the Saints to win, both me and Trevor did earlier. And if the Niners lose this game and that happens, the Niners are out of the playoffs, which destroys my whole freaking playoff picks on the season. But I like the Rams here to win this game because I can't trust Trey Lash yet. The offense they ran in the second half against Houston was total vanilla. And I think this defense is going to shut it down. And if you go with Jimmy G, as it may possibly happen, I can't trust that thumb holding up all game with Aaron Donald coming through there and kicking the shit out of them. So that's where I'm at here. It pains me with every ounce of my body, but I am picking the Rams. Chargers and Raiders Sunday night. It's the regular season finale. This game, Stone winner gets in, right? Correct. This is technically a play-in game. Both teams can still get in if numerous. Well, Chargers cannot get in with a loss under any circumstance. They have to win and get in. Raiders can still get in with a loss if a couple other things happen, but the winner is in for sure. So it's as close to the playoff game as you can get here. I just have to go with the better team that I thought has been the better team all year, and that's L.A. Agreement here. Got to go with the Chargers. They just have the better roster. And if they're that respectful, the Raiders got to this point. But I think the Chargers are going to do it. What's necessary to get the win here at the end? Stone, enjoy week 18 in the NFL. And I'm looking forward to next week because we finally have playoff football to talk about. We've got playoff football. The NFL did a fantastic job with scheduling again. All the late games, all the 305 games have things on the line pretty much in the NFL. I think there's only the Seattle game that doesn't. Plus, you got a great Sunday night game. You got some interesting things on the Saturday games as well. It's a fantastic weekend for football. And yes, you're right. We get to playoffs next week. It doesn't get any better than this. And the season has flown by so quickly. But Trevor, we rebounded, baby. We're right where we usually are. In on ESPN, in at 93 to 95 percentiles where I'm at, about a 64% pick percentage. We were really hemorrhaging at the beginning of the season. Second half, we got hot, and it's right there, baby. I love it. Enjoy it, uh, Stone. We'll talk to you next week, sir. Will do. Thanks again, Trevor, and have a great rest of your weekend. He's Mark Stone, and this is the Trevor J. Brown Show. And free for all Friday.
You're listening to the Trevor J. Brown Show from Inherent Dream Production Company. Jensen Sales Plus makes buying and selling online easy. From Craigslist to Amazon, eBay to Etsy, they do it all. Check out their website for more information, jensensalesplus.com. That's jensensalesplus.com, JSP, located in Princeton and a proud supporter of the Trevor J. Brown Show. Big thanks to Mark Stone for joining us here on the program, Free For All Friday. And, of course, we'll have Stone again next week here on the program with NFL picks for Wild Card Weekend. Yes, playoff football is already here next week. Tim Lingen joining us. Tim, Happy New Year to you. Hey, Happy New Year. Well, let's talk a little bit about John Madden. We talked a little bit about him with Stone in the previous segment, and I, I think Stone hit it on the head, I mean, to a T. Stone pretty much came out and said that John Madden is probably the most important man in the history of of NFL football, and I agree with that. If he's not the most important, I think he's definitely in the top five all time of most important people in the history of the National Football League. Yeah, I'd be hard-pressed to name somebody higher on that list of of impact to – the NFL brand as a whole and, and, and you can't even um, you can't even uh, section it off into one area you know his impact as a coach as a commentator you know the whole Madden football video game mm-hmm. franchise just like his his reach was was pretty far and wide um, and, and yeah his impact is, is something that'll be felt for, for a long time and he will, he will surely be missed in the NFL Head coach of the Raiders from 69 to 78. He led them to eight playoff appearances, seven division titles, seven AFL, AFC championship game appearances, and the Super Bowl title as well. He never had a losing season, and he holds the highest winning percentage among NFL head coaches who coached 100 games. I think for me, what stands out is this would be a legendary career if he was just a coach. But he wasn't just a coach. This would be a legendary career if he was just a broadcaster. But he wasn't just a broadcaster. It would be a legendary career and kind of weird if it was just the video game stuff. Because if it was just the video game stuff, people would be like, who the hell's John Madden? Why is his name on this game? But I like obviously the coaching and the announcing made the video game stuff possible. But the other thing that I took away from watching the documentary on Fox was just what a nice guy he was. I mean, there are people in the NFL that have bigger records, more wins, more accomplishments, more rings. But I I mentioned to stone like Bill Belichick, like I, I like Bill Belichick, but I don't necessarily know how personable he is. I don't know how nice he is. He just has a different type of personality. John Madden has the type of personality where you want to go and get a meal with him. You wanted to go get a meal with him. You wanted to talk football with him. You wanted to talk about anything uh, with him because he just was very approachable. In the documentary, they show you know, kids coming up to him and families coming up to him and just trying to get a picture or just saying hi or trying to get an autograph. And you realize that being a celebrity, that would get so tiresome at times when you just want a couple minutes to yourself. But he made time for people, and it was that approachability that accessibility that I feel really will stand the test of time. When you think of John Madden, you think of just a good dude. 
Yeah, a, a guy's guy, uh, someone that I'm sure that the players loved playing for, and um, just just a great energy. I, I think of like, um, you know, I wasn't old enough to watch when it happened, but watching highlight reels and whatever when he wins the Super Bowl, uh, just that like kid like energy that popped off the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, when the camera was on him, and like you said, listening to him as a broadcaster, um, it felt like he's one of you, one of us. You know, like um, not as if I don't know that other commentators are speaking down necessarily, but you, it just felt more like he was next to you, and and you're just talking football, like you and I would be sitting mm-hmm. on the couch on on a Sunday or something. It just it kind of felt like he was in the living room. I guess would be a good way to say it. Here's another fun fact that I dropped on Stone. John Madden was born in Austin, Minnesota. Did you know that? Oh, no, I didn't. How about that? So I'm saying he's one of us, damn it. Even yeah, though he is. I got a buddy in Austin, actually. Yeah. I'll have to let him know. His father was an auto mechanic, moved the Madden family to uh, to California, just south of San Francisco when John was young. So who knows how long he was here. He could have been born here and stayed here a year or two. I mean, he... he he didn't call Minnesota home, but I, I feel like people sort of glossed over that. Cause when I read that, I was like, Holy crap, that's, that's kind of a cool thing to, to know. And, and when you look at like old pictures of John Madden, I was telling my mom this, like when he played football and his early days of coaching, I'm like, he looked like he could have been one of your brothers. Like he just looked like a guy that grew up on a farm in Minnesota. Like he was that, he was that type of guy. I mean, I don't know. It was just something pretty cool to, to think about. And, uh, obviously you know 85 years old it was just it's sort of 85 that's that's a good that's a good long life but uh it just was sort of you know took me by surprise because on christmas day i watched that documentary and then he passed away a few days later and i just it's it's just too too uh too much i i uh i think i mentioned to you i think yeah did i mention to you i i my my suggestion for the national football league is on on Super Bowl Sunday, they should have a channel where they they cut up all the old Madden commentary with Summerall from the Madden games, and then they do some computer can like program it or whatever, like Watson, and have Summerall and Madden call the Super Bowl. Like, how sweet yeah. would that be to like listen to that? I, I honestly think people would pay to hear that. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I, uh, I'd put that on pay-per-view. Yeah. I'd, I'd give you some money for that. That would be amazing. And like you said, I, you'd probably have, I don't know, air it on a delay or something and take the audio that you get and just translate it through the computer or something like that. I'm, sh- I'm sure with technology nowadays, we can make something like that happen. Well, and I'm sure, you know, with some of the players' names now, they probably don't have Madden on camera saying like, or on tape saying like Patrick Mahomes or whoever. But with all the old names that he said at some point during the Madden broadcast, I'm sure they could, you know, you don't need to have him say Mahomes. You could just, they, they could piece it together somehow. And I think people would love it. The other suggestion that I had for the NFL, hear me out on this kind of going off of that is the NFL. They have games on CBS, ESPN, NBC, NFL network during the season. So how cool would it be if, all right. So this year, the Super Bowl's on NBC. So if you want the normal Super Bowl broadcast with no slant, nothing, you turn into that network. However, if you want, let's say it's the Bucks and the Chiefs again. If you want a Chiefs slant of the game, like pro Chiefs coverage, turn into CBS. If you want pro Bucks coverage, turn into Fox. 
if you want like Dennis Miller calling the game for you and having a couple drinks and smoking cigars, watching the Super Bowl turn into NFL Network, like I think it would just put way more. Not that the NFL has problems getting eyes on the Super Bowl, but can you imagine how many more TV sets in America would be turned on if you had all these different options? Well, it'd be really interesting to see if you studied the the viewership in those areas, if if you would see a spike, you know, I, I mean, I guess if your team's in the Super Bowl, you're probably going to have it on there anyway, but yeah. um, like regionally, I wonder if it would light up a little bit more if, if, uh, if you had that tailored experience kind of thing. Uh, alternative idea to the computer generated John Madden experience we can get Frank Caliendo to just call him <laughs> the, the whole way, yes. I should think. Yeah. <laughs> you can even that, sprinkle in a, a John Gruden comment or something. Oh, yeah, that but, would be that would be great. Does he also do a Pat Summerall? I'm sure he could. He probably could. Yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll give him a yeah. call when he, we're uh, he done could, with the pot. Here. He could just do all three voices, Summerall, Madden, and Gruden calling the game. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> can you imagine that? Um, I'll pay for that one, too. Fill me in on what happened in uh, – let's talk a little wrestling before I let you go. Fill me in on what happened in that Lesnar uh, that Lesnar pay-per-view. Uh, yeah, so WWE ran its day one pay-per-view on uh, New Year's Day, I believe it was. Um, and Brock Lesnar was supposed to fight Roman Reigns for the Universal title. And uh, Roman Reigns ended up testing positive for COVID, which is um, – particularly concerning for him because he's he's been fighting leukemia or yeah. he's in remission now but he's fought leukemia a couple of times um so well wishes to him if he listens to the pod well, uh, big and, listener uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they were looking for something for brock lesnar to do because he's probably the, the biggest he him and roman reigns are the biggest marquees that they have yeah. right now so they wanted something for him to do on the show and they they slapped him into the uh, WWE title picture. Um, there was supposed to be a fatal four-way match there, but they added him to make it a five, and he ended up uh, pinning Big E to become the new WWE champion. So that was supposed to be a fight between Reigns and Lesnar. Did they tell you that before you bought the pay-per-view, that Reigns was positive and wasn't going to be there? No, I guess they, uh, I, so I didn't get to watch the pay-per-view, it's, but I, from what I heard and read and, and saw and like highlights and whatnot they they announced it like as they're doing the cold open for the paper well, well that's... they just show the video packages and stuff like oh by the way brock is in this match instead that's a chip yeah well and i mean i guess maybe they don't care as much anymore because pay-per-views aren't really the like yeah when you and i were growing up if you wanted to watch wrestlemania or royal rumble or whatever it was you had to pay 49.99 yeah and, and call up the cable company and say this is what we're doing now it, Everything streams on Peacock, so they're probably like, bah, we don't yeah. care. People are going to subscribe to Peacock anyway, so whatever. I'd, I tell you what, though, I'd be pissed if I bought a ticket to be in the building expecting to see Roman. I he, mean, not that he can do anything yeah. about testing positive, but to not be told ahead of time and not uh, not deliver on that. But then again, they also, uh, WWE can kind of get away with it because they say card subject sure. to change. So, All the time. So, so I was I was texting you. I, I am very intrigued. I'm not a huge wrestling guy, but I'm very intrigued by the Lesnar and and, and Reigns storyline. Where do you feel it goes from here? So I think it's gonna build to a WrestleMania showdown ultimately. Um, so we're a few months away from that, so they've got a little bit more time to build it. They've been building it for a while. This by the time that it 
culminates at WrestleMania. If that's where it goes, it'll be, I mean, gosh, almost a, the better part of a year yeah. that they've been uh, teasing Brock and, and uh, Roman. And they've had one match. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that you've got both of them holding the championship of, of the show that they're on right now, Raw and SmackDown. And then you'll see some way, like, if they come head-to-head with both of them holding the title or if uh, Roman somehow hand, has a hand in Brock losing the one that he's just won, like, if it's a transitional mm-hmm. thing and then Brock wants to go and get his revenge. But I think that's the biggest money that they can draw at the biggest show coming up around uh, around the corner. That's probably the way they're going to go. Well, I love it because it's it sort of makes me pay attention, and normally I don't pay attention. I just... I, I texted you randomly on one Friday night. I was like, I love this storyline, dude. I don't know like how long it's been playing or what, but it kind of has me intrigued a little bit. It's kind of cool, I think. Yeah, so this Roman Reigns character, if if, you're, if any of your listeners uh, maybe don't watch WWE and aren't as familiar with it, it's like a mob boss character, essentially. He's calls himself the head of the table. He's the one responsible for taking care of the family and, and putting food on the table and whatnot, but he's like... Uh, this badass guy who like will will smite anyone in front of him and all like just rules with an iron fist mm-hmm. and um, it's that male soap opera thing that they play into professional wrestling actually done well some of it's some of it's bad soap opera but this one's actually entertaining. I appreciate your time talking Madden talking a little wrestling. I wish I had more time, but uh, we certainly have to get you back on. Uh, Maybe even next week we'll uh, hopefully find a time here again soon, okay? Definitely. Sounds fun. Tim Lingen tonight here on the Trevor J. Brown Show. The Trevor J. Brown Show. Did you know Inherent Dream Production Company is more than just the Trevor J. Brown Show? Inherent Dream is home to Musical Acts Chairman of the Board, TNV, Trevor J. Brown, and the Food and Song Compilation Series. Albums are available now at inherentdream.bandcamp.com or stream anywhere you get your music. So much fun tonight having Tim Lingen and Mark Stone on the program. NFL picks with Stone and some good chatter about John Madden and a little wrestling as well with Tim here this evening. I got a little time left. Let's get to my favorite songs and albums of 2021 we'll start with my favorite albums of the year and uh, last year to recap for you the number one album in my opinion my favorite album by sir paul mccartney mccartney three other albums that made the list number two the killers and their album imploding the mirage Haley williams was number three in her album pedals for armor chris stapleton at number four and the album starting over and the number five album Adrian Lenker and uh, that album was called Songs I believe it was just called Songs that's what I have written down here Uh, other winners 2019 Coldplay their album Everyday Life 2018 Paul McCartney's a two time winner he won that year for uh, his album Egypt Station Drake is also a two time winner 2015 he took home our number one spot for if you're reading this it's too late He also won again in 2017 with his album More Life. 2016 went to David Bowie's final album called Black Star. So we start, we only do five albums because I can narrow it down pretty well to what I know I like. So the number five album 
number five, my uh, fifth favorite album of the year is the seventh studio album by American rock band The Killers. It's called Pressure Machine. It was released back in August. The the album features the return of guitarist Dave Koenig to the studio with the band after his absence on the previous album, Imploding the Mirage. Pressure Machine is a concept album based on lead singer Branded Flowers and his childhood home in Utah. The album features a guest collaboration from singer Phoebe Bridgers on the track Runaway Horses, and the album is heavily influenced by Bruce Springsteen. Pressure Machine was a major critical and commercial success, reaching number nine on the U.S. Billboard 200 and topping both the top rock albums and top folk albums charts, becoming the band's first album to chart on the latter. The album also became the Keller's seventh consecutive number one album on the U.K. albums charts. It is a phenomenal album. I was talking to Brother Harrison about the album last night because we are we kind of go back and forth on bands that we haven't seen yet live that we want to see see live and the killers are if not at the top of the list of bands we want to see they're very near the top of the list and uh, i told them the thing that i love about this album is how different it is for the killers and also on the full version of the album there's different snippets of audio from people that live in Brandon Flowers' uh, hometown, and they talk about different things that happen in the town. Drug addiction, and horses, and uh, the local train, and all of these different things that happen. It really gives you a feel for the people and the community. The Killers are a fantastic band. I personally feel like they're the strongest band in the U.S. of A. right now. The Killers, Pressure Machine, the album, is out now. My number four favorite album of the year is a group called Smith and Burroughs. It's a band made up of English musicians Tom Smith and Andy Burroughs. Of course, Tom Smith from the band, his normal band editors, and Andy Burroughs from the uh, band Razorlight and We Are Scientists. Their album came out earlier this year. It's called Only Smith and Burroughs Is Good Enough. It's, it's a dynamite record. And what I love about Only Smith & Burroughs is Good Enough is it goes places where there are other groups like Razorlight and where, where editors don't. It's a fairly poppy record for the most part. Uh, some of my favorite tracks on the uh, album include a song called Buccaneer Rum Jum and also a track called Spaghetti as well. We'll talk more about Spaghetti coming up here in a little while but be sure to check that album out again it's from smith and burroughs it's my number four album and it's called only smith and burroughs is good enough my number three album i would have never predicted that a comedy album would make my top five albums of the year but it it did bo burnham and uh his special on netflix called inside and he released all the songs on an album and it made my list so the special was an American special uh, by Bo Burnham, written, directed, filmed, edited, and performed by Bo Burnham, who, if you don't know who he is, he's a comedian. It was recorded in the guest house of his L.A. home during the pandemic without a crew or audience. It was released on Netflix. Uh, for Inside, Burnham received Emmy Awards for Outstanding Music Direction, Outstanding Writing, and Outstanding Directing for a Variety Special. 
Uh, he announced that the songs would come to streaming through Republic Records. Um, the songs are, are not only funny, but there's incredible weight to some of these songs. There's a great social consciousness to these songs. And I feel like Inside as a whole represents things that we're all going through right now in America. And all of these social influencers and all of this content. And we're all trying to, not all of us, but a lot of people are trying to be these celebrities. And it's just exhausting. And inside is some of the most honest commentary that you will ever see in comedy. But what makes these songs even a step above is it's actually good music. The music for for this this comedy is legitimately amazing. And I highly recommend it. Again, uh, Bo Burnham, it's called Inside. That is my number Three album of the year. My number two album of the year is called If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power. It's the fourth studio album by American singer-songwriter Halsey. It was released back in August. It uh, was written by Halsey, Jonathan Cunningham, Greg Kirsten, and its producers, two of my favorites, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross of Nine Inch Nails. Halsey described the project as a concept album about the joys and horrors of pregnancy and childbirth. Um, if I can't have love, I want power reach the top 10 in Australia, Austria, Belgium, Canada, the United States, Germany, Ireland, New Zealand, Norway, Scotland, Switzerland, and the UK scoring Halsey's fourth consecutive record to chart inside the top two of the U S billboard 200. The album also topped the top album sales and alternative charts. The album was nominated for best alternative music album at the 64th annual Grammy Awards. It has made many year-end lists, including Rolling Stone. It came in at number 18 on their top 50 albums of the year. It placed in the top 10 best tracks and albums of 2021 for BBC. And for Genius, it ranked number two on the 50 best albums of 2021. Reznor and Ross have their fingerprints all over this damn album, and it makes her music just go to the next level. Halsey, a great performer, great, great voice. And uh, the music here absolutely kicks ass. There are some uh, great, uh, there are some great guest spots on the album. Lindsey Buckingham is on a track. Dave Grohl is on drums. Pino Palladino on bass on one of the songs. So you get some nice guest spots on uh, on the album as well and it is a hell of a ride again it's called if i can't have love i want power from halsey and my number one album of the year i found it late but i'm sure glad i did and technically i'm counting this as the local release of the year too because when you think minneapolis sound you always think of jimmy jam and terry lewis and they finally finally after producing for so many years they've never officially had an official solo album until now Jam and Lewis, Volume 1, is the debut studio album by American R&B production duo Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. It was released through their label Flight Time Records in conjunction with BMG back in July. So many guest appearances on this album, including Sounds of Blackness, Boys to Men, Mariah Carey, 
Babyface, Charlie Wilson, Tony Braxton, Mary J. Blige, Morris Day, Jerome, and The Roots. It is absolutely a phenomenal R&B album. Ooh, it is, it is damn, damn, damn good. The production on this is stellar. You gotta listen to it on headphones because it is so much smoother. I would say my favorite tracks on the album are Spinning with Mary J. Blige. Uh, the track with Mariah Carey, Somewhat Loved, is is great. The track with Babyface is my second favorite on the album. He don't know nothing about it. But the track that is the icing on the cake features Tony Braxton, uh, a beautiful vocal, a song called Happily Unhappy. And that goes into my thoughts on my favorite songs of the year. I already mentioned to you the Jam and Lewis album is my number one album of the year. So it's my number one Minnesota album of the year. My favorite Minnesota song of the year is the song with Tony Braxton, Happily Unhappy. And other songs that made the list. My favorites of 2021 include Adele and her song Easy On Me. I don't have to really justify putting Adele on the list because she is not not just one of the greatest female vocalists of all time. She's one of the greatest vocalists of all time. Adele could legitimately sing us the phone book and we would all buy a copy. Losing My Mind, a great track from Angels and Airwaves. Good to see them back last year. I mentioned Bo Burnham earlier. My favorite track from Inside is called White Woman's Instagram. Very funny song, but the music kicks ass in that as well. A couple of collaborations made my list. Churches featuring The Cure's Robert Smith and the song How Not to Drown. Coldplay with BTS and the song My Universe. Halsey from her album, the song with Lindsey Buckingham is delicious. It's called Darling. Great guitar playing from Lindsey on that track. Kanye West, he was so close to making my year-end list for the album, but I had to sort of stay with what I initially said. There are some moments of beauty on the Kanye West album, but my goodness, Donda is just way too long. But my favorite moment on Donda is on a song called Come to Life, and that made my list. Kelly O'Karaki from the band Block Party, he had a solo release this past year called Waves, and uh, the song that made the list from that was How to Beat the Lie Detector. A great artist from Japan that you've probably never heard of before, her name is Nana Yamato, and her debut album came out earlier this year. It's called, uh, what was the album called? Hold on. I'm blanking on what the album was called. I have to look this up. Hack, can we look that up here quick? But the, uh, the song that made the list from Nana is a track called Do You Wanna? And uh, her debut album was called Before Sunrise. That is out now. I recommend you check that out. Pet Shop Boys with their track Angelic Thug. That was my top stream song on Spotify last year. That's just a groovy, fun song to dance to. Rostam with the song From the Back of a Cab. Smith & Burrows, I mentioned their album earlier. My favorite track from that is a thing called Spaghetti. The Killers and their song Terrible Thing and Wet Leg, the band to watch out for in 2021. Their debut album is coming in April. Their song Chase Long made the list for uh, for 2021. Their new album coming this year rather will be released in, uh, in April, but they did release some singles last year and that song will also be on uh, on the debut album as well. So Again, to recap, for songs, Adele, Angels and Airwaves, Bo Burnham, Churches and Robert Smith, Coldplay and BTS, Halsey, Kanye West, Kelly, Nana Yamato, Pet Shop Boys, Rostam, Smith & Burroughs, The Killers, Wet Leg, and Jam and & Lewis. And then um, for my albums 
Jamin Lewis, Halsey, Bo Burnham, Smith, and Burroughs, and the Killers. We still have, uh, for next week, I'll give you my favorite TV shows of the year. And I'm still working on my favorite films because I'm trying to still see as many films as I can from last year. But I'm uh, sort of running out of time with all of that. So more to come on that. Long show tonight. I appreciate you tuning in. Thanks to Tim Lingen for joining. Thanks to Mark Stone. And thanks to you for listening. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show. This has been the Trevor J. Brown Show. The opinions expressed on this show do not express the views of staff, management, or sponsors of Inherent Dream Production Company or streaming services where the show may be heard. The Trevor J. Brown Show is produced by Inherent Dream Production Company.